The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is sponsored by Shroff Landscaping. Shroff Landscaping has been in business for over 50 years and can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and they are licensed lawn applicators. Contact Mitch Melton today for all of your landscaping needs at 317-694-9763. Shroff Landscaping, design with you in mind. This is Carson Edwards from the Boston Celtics, and you're listening to the Boiler Breakdown Podcast, hosted by Tanner Lee, Evan Webb, and Andrew Eiler. They have to win there. Tanner understands. Trying to save it, jump ball here, and kept in place by Edwards. What a great the numbers. They got numbers. Edwards steps it in. Oh! The ball is going to roll down, baby. They're rocking it up. No keys. Carson Edwards. It is Thursday, December 19th, and you're listening to the final 29 edition, 29, wow, <laughs> 2019 edition of the Boiler Breakdown Podcast. I'm Tanner Lee, along with Andrew Eiler and Evan Webb. We're going to be recapping Purdue's 69-51 to 51 win over the Ohio Bobcats. We're going to be previewing the Crossroads Classic, recapping National Signing Day for the Boilermaker football team yesterday, and much, much more. What's going on, guys? Good deal. Glad to have everybody present for the last 2019 edition, which is brought to you by Shroff Landscaping Nurseries. For all your landscaping needs, contact Shroff Landscaping at 574-223-2769. I know at least in Indiana, maybe maybe not everywhere where all of our listeners and viewers are. You know, they might be down south where it's warm. I'm jealous if so. But in the end, it's a little too cold this time of year to do some landscaping. But you can think ahead. Think in 2020. Maybe uh, your relatives are planning on uh, doing some landscaping next year. Contact Shroff Landscaping. Maybe you can get them a nice early Christmas present for next year. We appreciate their sponsorship of the Boiler Breakdown podcast. Well, fellas, if you were like me... You were not looking forward to Tuesday night's basketball game. This was a matchup I was petrified of since I saw the schedule come out. (laughs) Yep. Let alone before we lose to Nebraska. Speaking of that game, that (laughs) tape is burnt. It's sent to the moon. We're never speaking of that Nebraska game ever again. Um, But uh, interesting to note, this was Matt Painter's – I believe this was his team's – Oh, I'm going to mess this up now. See, you're seven and 12 years or 12th time going to a mid-major on the road in his career. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I know they went to Loyola. At, at at Purdue, Purdue, or, okay. They went to Loyola, Chicago, and lost in like his first year. They went to Indiana State and lost. I don't remember that. I believe they went to Evansville and lost. Yeah. They went to Ball <laughs> State and won. They went to Ohio and won. They went to Eastern Michigan and lost. That might have been it. So maybe it was seven. Yeah. I don't remember a lot. Heard out on the Dan Dockett show on his interview. 
So, uh, yeah. But this is what was one of those games that was made because it was part of a home and home with the, the football and basketball game. Um, so, uh, yeah, the football game from 2017, the night game, the Friday night game. Then we played Ohio at Mackey last year. So, return to favor going to Athens. At least it was uh, Christmas break and their students weren't there. Their attendance made uh, Penn State home game look pretty packed, in my opinion. That's I what, that's what uh, I was going to bring up, Tan, because I know that was – you said that you were worried about this game. I know people had it just because, okay, it's a Big Ten 9, 9 p.m. game. I mean, Ohio doesn't get a Big Ten team that, okay, pretty was preseason ranked, not anymore. But uh, I think it was their first Big Ten team to come in since, like, 2001. It was. They yeah. beat yeah. – uh, they beat Wisconsin there in 2001 yeah. by a point. Uh, yeah, I thought for sure it was going to be kind of a a big game for their fans. Yeah, exactly. You would, and, you would and think. Was, and, yeah. And nobody there. <laughs> yeah, nobody there at all. Yeah, their um, their yeah, arena was a lot sure. bigger than I was expecting for, I mean, for a Mac school. I know it was kind of stru- structured a lot like Mac Arena, which is pretty cool, but oh, I was, yeah. you know, it was a lot bigger than I was expecting. Yeah, it's really big. It looks like a nice arena for a Mac school. Yeah. Um, and, and I didn't think Ohio was a bad team. They're a pretty good shooting team. Uh, they got a guard that averaged 16 points per game. One of the Preston. Yeah, one of the best shooters in MAC history. Mm-hmm. And I thought Purdue did a good job on him. Um, All yeah. It was yeah, the other kid that got going. It was the other kid that got going for him for a while mm-hmm. there. Um, I know at halftime, I knew they were going to make a run, second half, but I thought they'd cut it to like 10 or 12. I never thought yeah, they'd get cleared down to six. six. Yeah. Were you guys a little nervous then? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I think you had to be. I was about ready to go to bed. Did you you turn the game off, Andrew? No. (laughs) I I know you threatened to turn it off like eight minutes into it, so I didn't know if you made it all the way way in or not. I did. I just did other things to not throw something at my TV or something like that. After that that Marquette game, I was – very nervous that once they got down to really when they got down to 10, I was like, Oh man, they're going to get this thing down even further. I wasn't sure if they were going to take the lead, but I was like, they're going to get pretty freaking close. Yeah. <laughs> and you just, you just knew it was coming. They weren't shooting well in the first half. And then they started making some wide open threes. But then that kid for uh, Ohio took the off balance heat check. Yeah. Uh, like hit the the back. that killed their momentum. That was yeah. huge looking back on it. I don't yeah. know why he shot that ball. I think it was just one of those things. I got he got as soon as he got that ball in the corner, I was like, he's gonna shoot that. And he'd like, yeah, it was one of those off balance threes that you take at the end of a shot clock or you know, game clock situation. And Jordan uh, Dartis is who I've been yeah. talking about. Yeah, I remember his name. He had sixteen he, points. He got hot there real quick in the second half. He dropped fifteen times, made six, but he's three for nine for threes, but they were like pretty much consecutive yeah. threes in half. Preston yeah, really had a tall kid too. I can't remember his name. Really tall, skinny guy. Green. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He had 12 points, uh, four of eight shooting. Preston played all 40 minutes. He had 10 rebounds, but he was limited to two of eight shooting. So I want to like say he said, was averaging like 16 points a game coming into the um, coming into the the game. And I, I thought Eric Hunter did a great job. Oh, Eric uh, Hunter had a him. career game. Mm-hmm. Uh, 39 p- minutes played. Career high, 18 points on six of nine shooting. Four for five from behind the arc. Is he Purdue's most steady player right now? Yes. He's definitely the most improved. Um, 
I don't know. Proctor's kind of right there too. I mean, Proctor's pretty consistent as well, but that's about it. I think I would, I was, I'm leaning towards Proctor, but I just feel like Hunter's at least, I feel like Hunter's been more consistent. Cause I feel like Proctor has disappeared a couple times. Um, I feel like he, I mean, I don't really, I'm trying to not really talk about the Nebraska game, but I don't remember Well, no one did well in that game. So I don't even know why I'm going to talk about it. Um, but I feel yeah. like Proctor a couple times has kind of, uh, disappeared a little bit when I would like to see him step up. But I think I would have to agree, Tanner. I think Hunter is our most consistent as of right now. Yeah, I love his uh, mid-range game. He's mm-hmm. got that nice, nice almost like a Dirk Nowitzki type yeah. one leg. <laughs> yeah. Kind of away, but it's he nails it. I, I like yep. that move. And he's aggressive. He's got a lot yeah. more aggressive here. Speaking mm-hmm. of aggressive, it was nice to see Nojail Eastern finally kind of get some confidence going to be aggressive. Yeah. 11 points on five of seven shooting. He was one of five from the free throw line. So he's now one for 11 on the season from the free throw line. His form just is not consistent. Did, Sometimes did the towel? It looks okay. Other times it just looks horrendous. Sometimes he takes more time than other. He just, he, he's not consistent at all from the line. Where's the manager who rebounded with him all last year? Graduated. Uh, bring him back. Yeah, yeah, he's a great assistant. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, no, Joe being aggressive can take this team to another level. I mean, that dunk he threw down, oh, my Atlanta. Yeah, it was a grown man dunk. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and this was. Hopefully this was his coming out game like Belmont last year. But yeah. Belmont, he had like nine to nine free throws. They kept doing hacking to jail, and it was biting them at the end. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was our uh, one run when he shot like 80% from the free throw line. thought he played yeah. well. I thought uh, Trayvon Williams – for the most part, played well, had his moments. He had 14 points in 20 minutes, 6-11 shooting. But my, my big thing was this. he had five turnovers and four personal fouls. Yeah, uh, defensively, he's kind of uh, not having harms to kind of either help him out if they're playing both or uh, to kind of keep him fresh, I guess. And then, then he gets turnover-prone fouls a lot. Uh, I don't know. He's kind of a defensive liability at this point. Is so slow. I mean, sometimes it looks like he doesn't even want to uh, doesn't even want to uh, get engaged on the defense. Yeah, I thought there was a couple times though where he had some some really good effort plays on defense. I mean, I know it wasn't as many as we'd like to see, but I thought it was definitely a better game all around for the most part. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think it's, he's not trying. Like, yeah. I think it's. I mean, I think it's just literally just foot speed kind of. I mean, he's a big yeah. guy. And, mm-hmm. Part of why he does so well on offense, and I mean he's—he's he's actually, I mean he's really athletic for being two hundred and seventy pounds. Yeah, two hundred and eighty <laughs> pounds. Yeah, I mean he's pretty incredible what he can do. It's just when you're going up against a guy who's sixty pounds lighter than you, I mean, yeah, he's going to yeah. be quick. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was really, I, I can talk. Um, I was expecting to see Dewona. But we didn't see him at all. I guess it kind of shows that. He's ready. Yeah. And I, I, and I don't know if they will be ready. Right. I don't know if we'll ever see him play a lot of minutes at Purdue. I could be wrong. He's only a retro freshman, but yeah. I don't know. He hadn't played much basketball before. Oh, yeah. You know, right. So, I mean, but still, I think if it was going to happen, I mean, even just as for five or ten minutes to give Williams a, a break and, I mean, going and get some rebounds, it would have been – would have been on uh, Tuesday night, but yeah, I'm kind of surprised. Yeah. Uh, the other Boilermaker in double digit scoring was Jihad Proctor. He had 12 points in 36 minutes. He was three from eight from the field, but he's four for four from the line. I do trust him from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. 
So pretty much all the scoring came from the starters. Mm-hmm. Um, Sasha Stavanovich had four points. He was one for four, over three for threes. He just inconsistent. He just yep. still needs to work on his passing a little bit. Um, Evan Boudreaux, four points, four rebounds on 18 minutes of action, two for five from the floor. I thought he played okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Wheeler, two points in 14 minutes. Didn't see a lot of run. Uh, no. One for three for from the floor. His confidence just isn't there. I mean, no. uh, he did have a tip in at one point when Ohio was on a run to help Purdue. Mm-hmm. That was Isaiah, big. That was big. You know, uh, Isaiah Thompson, four points in 12 minutes, one for four shooting, one for three for uh, three-point range. So. Yeah. And this was a game I thought Wheeler's athleticism would have really – I thought he could have definitely his athleticism was a huge advantage compared to a team like this. And I was really hoping that, you know, that it would be this kind of game would, if he can get a couple good, you know, some good running, that he would, would boost his confidence. But yeah, he just, I, I remember watching the second half and I was like, we're halfway through this half and I haven't even seen him touch the floor yet. No, they haven't so, played him for a while. So yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Um, he's definitely still been disappointing till now, but maybe, maybe, maybe Saturday's his breakout game. I don't I'm know. What, what's but, happened with, What's happened with his shot? I just think his confidence issue. Yeah, I think it's just a confidence I mean, he sh- yeah, He's uh, definitely not getting the wide open as many wide open looks as last year, and I think that I think Carson got him a lot of wide open looks last year by climbing. private addition. Yeah. Uh, now he's just not getting those. He kind of has to work more for his shot. But, yeah. I mean, so he's shooting 25% from the field, 23%. Oh, yeah. He's not driving as much. No. He's just not the same player right now. It's really mm-hmm. – it's really disappointing, but a lot of season left. Hopefully, he breaks out of it because Purdue's going to need him sooner or later. Yep, him we and need Ojo. him and Ojo to play well for us for this team to, especially if, with, with harms out. Yeah, yeah. For how good for how good Nojel and Wheeler can be on defense if they can, I mean, get back to just being aggressive, and if Wheeler can start hitting shots, I mean, it'd be help the offense significantly. Yep. Which has been the problem. The defense hasn't been, but yep. Purdue's now got a seven and four record heading into all of our favorites event coming up Saturday. I very sarcastic on that. The Crossroads Classic. It might be Andrews. It might be Andrews. Uh, I mean, every other year it is. Not <laughs> for everybody watching who has not viewed or listened to our podcast before, Andrew is a Purdue fan, but yet also a Butler fan because that's where he attended school. So he's a Butler lock. So this is a tough matchup for him whenever it comes around every two years. But yeah. according to uh, the message boards, Andrew, this might be the last year you have to worry about Purdue and Butler facing each other in this tournament. It sounds, like, sounds like this tournament might be ending after uh, 2020 next year. Well, I mean, Butler will just have to send IU out with a loss. like <laughs> So that would be – be, I'd be okay ending like that. Yeah, produced two and six all time in the crossroads. Uh, their two wins coming in 2016 and 17 back to back years. They were down big to Notre Dame in 16 and a half, came back and won, beat Butler in 17, and then they faced Butler later on, second round of the NCAA tournament, and beat him again. Um, but of course, the teams are way different two years later down the road than they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, Purdue just doesn't usually play well in this event, but it's usually the event after the final week. We'll mm-hmm. see if that affects things since they are not in finals and IU, Notre Dame, and Butler are. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I've just never – you know, I liked I liked the idea of it, but yeah. it, it's, it's had a good run, you know, after this year, next year. That'll be 10 years. 
that's a pretty good run for an event like this. It, maybe it's time to mm-hmm. do something different. Mm-hmm. It sounds like Indiana wants out. Uh, I know they want to get in that thing with Ohio State, UCLA, Carolina, and Kentucky. I think Ohio State might be getting out of that. Oh, so like the CBS. Yeah, 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 yeah. That this weekend, that uh, Champions Classic. Yeah. So I think they uh, want to I would, place. I would love to see IU just get wiped <laughs> off the court in that. Mm-hmm. And that that way they could play Kentucky every few years. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. But I, I still I wouldn't mind Purdue playing down in Indianapolis every once in a while. I would love 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 a home and home with Notre Dame or Butler, or even an opportunity to play them, either place an ACC Big Ten Challenge or the Gavit Games. I think that'd be really neat. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Um, I mean, I think I think Purdue, even if if the event does. And I think it'll something will continue. It may not be the same four teams, but I bet Purdue, like you said, will stay around Indy. I mean, before the Crossroads Classics, maybe way before, I remember coming for like the Wooden Classic when it was like mm-hmm. Purdue with Valpo or IUPY or some other Indiana team. Now there's like the Wooden Tradition, or there was like a Wooden Tradition a couple few years ago. But. Yeah. Um, and especially the years the Big Ten tournaments held at Banker's Life, it'd be nice to get there. Get some, just I don't know, just get used to their surroundings a little bit a couple months ahead of time. So, but uh, Andrew, help us out here with the matchup. I can be honest, I haven't watched a ton of Butler this year. I know they're pretty darn good. They're ranked 17th. They've only lost one game. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a heartbreaker at Baylor. Yeah. They beat a good Florida team. They had a win against Stanford. Stanford's only lost. Um, yeah, so fill us in about Butler a little bit. Well, we can expect okay. Bulldogs. Somewhat similar, I think, to Purdue. They're really they're playing really good defense right now. Um, this is by far um, so. This is Laval Jordan's third third year at Butler. I wasn't was not too impressed. I like him a lot. I wanted to like him, but his offense it just seems very um, it's been very stagnant and ends up being just kind of Kamar Baldwin driving in the past couple of years. But this year they actually they're moving a lot better. Ball moves ball movement is a lot better, so they're actually they're um, getting guys open. They got a big transfer who came in, um, Bryce Enzi. He transferred from UW-Milwaukee. He sat out last year. He's, I want to say he's like 6'8", 230 pounds. He's kind of like the four or five kind of uh, kind of plays down low. I think he could, without harms, I think he's going he's gonna to give Travion problems just because he's pretty quick, he's athletic, and he's strong. Um, not much of a shooter, but just inside 10 feet, he's really good. Um, but yeah, by far uh, Butler's best player, Kamar Baldwin. If he gets hot, like God, it feels like he's been there for a decade. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Say <laughs> so him and yeah, Roosevelt. Yeah, like he was there for uh, 20 years. And who was the and other it, guy that just graduated last year? Um, I want to. Keelan Martin was before. Yeah, Keelan. That's who. Yeah, I, yeah. I have guys. He's two years ago. He, was, he graduated a couple years ago. Yeah. AJ Graves still playing from 2007. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. But. No, uh, I don't know. I I think it's going to be a tough matchup for Purdue defensively. Just with, um, I don't know. Actually, it's, I think it'll be interesting just because who guards Kamar Baldwin is. Very good. He's kind of a – I think he's like 6'3". He's kind of a long lefty. But I think Nogel and Hunter will probably switch on and off of and do okay. Um, starting point guard Aaron Thompson is not much of a scorer or shooter. He will occasionally drive, and he's got he's had games where he'll just – I don't know if it's because – I mean, if he doesn't have any jump shot. Like, he, if he shoots a three, it's 
probably not going to hit anything. Um, so he's going to hit four of them on Saturday. I I, I think he's hit, I think I've seen him hit one and <laughs> yep, two bye plus. Bye. Bye. Um, I, I but see him like, oh, I'm going to be cussing at you. And <laughs> he does run the offense very well. Um, kind, of, kind of like Barlow was a couple years ago, similar kind of. Yeah, commander, but yeah, yeah, Barlow definitely a better shooter. Yeah, uh, Barlow by his senior year was a, was a good shooter. Um, Alex Barlow. Say it right. I'm talking about Kelsey. <laughs> yeah, I need to clarify that. Yeah, I wanted to look it up. So uh, Aaron Thompson's averaging six and a half assists a game, eight points. But I mean, yeah, he's shooting fourteen percent from three. So he's not. They have Rick Smith's kid now, right? He transferred from Valpo. Yes. Oh, so that's that. the other one. Derek Smith came from Valpo. He's only played in one game uh, against Southern last week. I think he's had some knee injuries. He's kind of coming back from. He played like 10 minutes in that game. I don't know if that was just to kind of get his feet wet. I don't expect to see him much. I mean, he might pl- come play a little bit. Um, but it'll be primarily uh, Bryce Golden, who's a sophomore from uh, – I don't know, Pittsburgh, maybe I think it's from like Pennsylvania or something like that. He's kind of like a 6'10". I mean, he's kind of like Joey Brunk was last year. I think he's a little better. I think he's a little quicker, a little better. Out. <coughs> I think he's got more potential. Just the, just a good rebounder. Um, but the offense is going to run through Kamar Baldwin, Sean McDermott. Um, Jordan Tucker was a high star, high four-star, came in, uh, transferred from Duke a couple years ago. Uh, he... I like him a lot. I think he he can get hot. He's, he lo- he looks like he's gonna. He's a really good shooter, but he's kind of like Wheeler. I think that he just kind of gets lost in the flow sometimes and hasn't had that much this year. He's had a couple games where he's gotten hot, but uh, I thought he'd kind of be a little bigger contributor this year than he's been. But uh, it'll be it'll be interesting because it'll be a good kind of guards test. I don't know, but I, I kind of worry about Travion on defense without Harms because I think I think Golden and Enzi are definitely quicker. Um, well, I, I wish Purdue had harm, especially if Smith's plays, because then Purdue could have some size in there to uh, go up against mm-hmm. Smith, and you would have uh, the son of the Flying Dutchman against the new <laughs> Flying Dutchman. So, yeah. But, yeah. but I, 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 from the sounds of it, I wouldn't count on Matt Harms playing Saturday. No, and it was pretty hard fall. Oh, yeah. It, <laughs> I hope it does that affect the way he plays going forward. I hope he's not scared to leave his feet. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what goes through people's heads yeah. after injuries like that. I have no idea. I mean, you just got to trust yourself again, I guess. So, mm-hmm. But I think he'll be okay. But so, yeah. Do you think no gel guards McDermott or um, – I think that's a hunter job off the, at least from the start. Uh, I bet I bet you're right. Uh, McDermott's taller, a little longer, so I bet no gel probably does. Um but maybe not because Kamara is kind of the primary ball. Yeah. McDermott, McDermott doesn't drive that much. He's kind of he comes off a lot of screens, kind of a little bit like what Purdue did with Ryan Klein the past year. He's a really good catch and shoot. Um, he will dribble a little bit, but he's not going to blow by anybody. Um, you guys, remember Kellen Dunham? He's very similar. Oh, to yeah. oh yeah. Probably probably not as good of a shooter at this point, but uh, I mean, probably very going to be a very similar. I mean, doesn't need a whole lot of space to get it up and. He's he's been really good this year. It'll be interesting for sure. It's the varsity game at two thirty at the Big Ten Network. <laughs> the JV games at noon, but it's on ESPN. 
And Purdue really needs the root for, of course, like always, for Notre Dame to win to get IU fans, at least some of them, out of there because it's usually 90% filled with crimson and cream, and they will root for Butler really hard. So well, That was their team in 2010 or 2011, 2012 when their, uh, when their first basketball program was in the toilet. A lot, of, was, a lot of reversible uh, will be in the house on so, Saturday. Um, Both gear, Notre Dame and IU gear. My My freshman year – was I think that was the year that was the first year of the crossroads and uh, Butler played IU and I remember going sitting in the student section all the way at the very top of Banker's Life and Barlow and I think Barlow it might have been soft I don't know second year of the crossroads second pretty year. much a heartbreaker to Butler the first year blew like a 19 okay. point so then my <laughs> sophomore year Barlow I think Barlow hit like a floater to beat I when IU was number one yeah that was that was our sophomore year Andrew overtime and Rodney Clark had gone insane to keep Butler in it. And that was probably – that was the most fun I've had. Like the 15 minutes that it took me to get down from the very top of Banker Life <laughs> was just the most fun, just ripping all of the IU fans. And uh, it was so much fun. They were so bitter. It was awesome. Yep. Yep. Should be fun. We'll, we'll yeah. see. Uh, big game for both teams. You going, Andrew? I will be there. You guys going? No. Oh. <laughs> I have year, I've been dude. once. I've been once. I hate it. <laughs> I love the idea. No, I start. I know I've, I've been once. Just getting up in once. I think that was uh, my. I'm in 2013. 2013. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah, the last it's... time I went. Was 2013. <laughs> yeah. so it's awesome. one I like. It's one I like to go. It's a fun event. It's a cool. I'd be. I'd be kind of sad if it ends, but uh, I get it. But I. This one usually, yeah, every other year, so the odd years, I usually sit pretty quietly with my arms crossed the entire game. And we won't tell your wife. And don't <laughs> react. No. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I remember a couple of years ago, I don't know which year it was, I was watching it at my parents' house because I was still living with them at the time. and They were at the game. I flipped over a footstool. I don't remember what year it was. <laughs> I think it was when uh, Butler was our first loss of the year. I think it was in mm-hmm. 2009. Uh, 15. 15. That was, that was my, my last game. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, yeah. I think we were number nine. So I was watching that game actually yeah. at Harry's and it was, yeah. cause I was right before graduation. I did that the year before at Chumley's and just watched Notre Dame murder us. <laughs> just kill us. I remember it was just, we lost by like 30 or 35. <laughs> it was awful. Yeah. Fun times, yeah. man. God dang. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on Purdue basketball over Crossroads before we get into a little football talk? Just hopefully, I mean, I'm, I didn't really think about the fact that this isn't during finals week for us. I mean, I'm hoping that we kind of have that finals week hangover behind us. If we if we come out and play with the same energy that we did against I, I, or Ohio, not Iowa, um, <laughs> I feel like we got a good chance. If Nojel plays that, that with that aggressiveness, I, I like what this team can do. Yep. Well said. Yeah, 2019. Yeah. Oh, All I'm going to say is just everybody come out healthy. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. That's, that's I guess, we don't want to wish injury on anybody on Butler. So, um, the 2019 uh, National Signing Day for football uh, was yesterday. Um, I think they got, now does, they can sign any time now, right? Through it's, I think they have like a week. Like a week. A week. Yeah. A week. Yeah. It's again, like in February. Yeah, I knew it was in February. Uh, Purdue signed everybody they thought 
Yeah. There was no surprises on their end of not getting somebody they thought yesterday. They did have a few decommitments in the last week or week or so, um, but I think they made up for them. Um, mm-hmm. To be mm-hmm. honest, uh, I will go through the list real quick. I'm probably going to botch a bunch of names here, but uh, first We've off, before so that doesn't help. <laughs> uh, first off, the one we were practicing before. We <laughs> Uh, four-star wide receiver commit that flipped from Northwestern, uh, Abdur. <laughs> Raman. Abdur. Was oh, that Raman? No. Raman. That's what I yeah. Raman. Yeah. Uh, Yassine is his last name. <laughs> Abdur uh, Raman. Yeah. Abdur, Abdur Raman Yassine. Yes. Uh, he's a four-star wide receiver. From Michigan, 6'2", 180 pounds. His film looks a lot like it. What's him doing with a recruit like that? I don't know. That's a great question. Purdue was his first offer two mm-hmm. years ago. So and uh, wide receiver coach Jamarcus Shepard kept in contact with him just because. And then he uh, decided Purdue was his best fit. Jeff Brom brought him up specifically on not only his radio show, but his uh, press conference yesterday. Said he will have an opportunity to see the field early. So that's exciting. And Which he is also, crazy. He also brought up two other wide receivers, or three other wide receivers, Malik, Malik Carr, which is kind of the headliner of the class, 6'5", 215-pound four-star wide receiver from Oak Park, Michigan, chose Purdue over Georgia, among a lot of other offers. Uh, he's also going to walk on to the basketball team. Um, I look for him to play right away. Could he be the next Big Ten freshman of the year, like Rondell Moore and David Bell the last two years? Who knows? Uh, Marcellus Moore from Plainfield, Illinois. He's 5'8", 165 pounds, but he's a two, if not a three-time state champion uh, in the 100-meter. Uh, Jeff Brom called him the fastest player in the country during his press conference, and his tape looks like it. Very excited to see him get on the field. Very excited to see the possibility of maybe him returning some kicks and punts. And then uh, Colin Sullivan, which I feel like he's not talked about as much as he should be, three-star from Round Round. Round Rock, Texas, 6'1", 195. I really liked what I saw on the tape of him. So, mm-hmm. man, oh, man, Purdue has a, an abundance of riches in the wide yeah. receiver room. Holy yeah. cow. Add this with Rondell Moore, David Bell, Milton Wright, TJ Sheffield, <coughs> Jared Sparks, Jackson Anthrop. Corey, I mean, and then you got guys before that, Ahmad Anderson. Ahmad Anderson, and, yeah. Corey Taylor, yeah, I mean, other guys that were pretty highly recruited the last two years, yeah. And I'm glad you brought Corey Taylor up because we, oh, we got a question about him. Almost uh, like it was planned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is from a Skip, and I'm sorry if I pronounced your last name wrong, Skip uh, Leitchmeyer. Yeah. <laughs> He asked, well, a 6'5 wide receiver, uh, Taylor, Corey Taylor, will he be pushed into the tight end to grow into that position since wide receivers recruits are being brought in? That's a great question. Great question. Didn't have a tight end recruit in this class, which is anyway need because we've no. got three – wait, three freshmen? Two oh, – no, sorry. We've got two freshmen. We've got Miller and Villado, and, uh, and then and then you've also got obviously Payne Durham. So yeah, I wouldn't – I mean, didn't think about that, but that would make sense. I mean, I think you're going to hit the tight end – recruiting hard in 2021 just to kind of mm-hmm. bridge that gap that, but there's I mean, somebody else there's another one isn't like that treader or something like that was another tight end from a couple years ago i think he's a little i don't know if he's i think he's more of a blocking tight end. i think he's bigger 
versus the other three are pretty good athletes and good receivers. I did see uh, Purdue's old tight end Darius Pittman end up at Temple. Yep. Yep. Them, uh, but I think it makes sense. I mean, I don't, I don't know how Taylor's going to see the field. If he didn't see the field this year with the myriad of industry, all the injuries, of, 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 yeah. injuries, can't talk either. Um, I mean, I feel it's going to be one of those conversations where, hey, you're going to be able to find the field or see the field more, have a better chance in this position. So, yeah, I guess it yeah. I mean, might be up to the kid. But, yeah, I mean, I never thought about that, but that wouldn't be a bad idea, especially in some I, maybe certain packages. I, from what I remember when he committed, I know he was – I think he's pre, I think he's pretty fast. Um, mm-hmm. I thought he was pretty skinny, so I don't know what he's at now. I think he was yeah. like under 200 pounds, so maybe 6'5". Might be a lot for him to carry. I mean, he could come up and bulk up and be away from him to get on the field. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, I don't know. I think could could find some packages. I'm sure Brom. If anybody's going to find a way to use a six five, <laughs> I'm sure uh, Brom can do it. Competition all across the board, but it's hard not to get excited if you're a Purdue fan about the future of the wide receivers. Holy can we do cow. a can we do a set with uh, Taylor Malik Carr. David Bell, we've got two or three receivers over. That, six, that, six that might be a Hail Mary set. Yeah. You know, when you need a deep ball. So, yeah. Uh, some other recruits going down the list. Uh, this was a uh, kind of a, a late commit that flipped from Florida Atlantic. It kind of came about within the last few days before uh, signing day. Anthony Rompf, I believe, how do you Romp? How do you pronounce his last name? He uh, is listed as a QB, but Purdue's going to play him, I believe, as a defensive back. He's from Southfield, Michigan, six foot, one hundred seventy-five pound, three star. Once again, I like what I saw on the on film from him. Uh, he was recruited to Florida Atlantic to be a quarterback, but then Purdue found out within the past few weeks that he would be willing to play defensive back. Purdue expressed the need, and he committed. He had offers from Michigan, Michigan mm-hmm. State, Minnesota, some mm-hmm. other really good programs. So a nice flip there that Purdue got in a position that they need. They got two junior college guys, uh, Demarcus Mitchell from um, Summit, Mississippi. He's listed as a defensive end, but why did I think he was going to play linebacker? That's Brom compared him to Bentley, so yeah. I think they've kind of wanted him to come in and play kind of middle linebacker. I mean, he's big. I think he's a good athlete. 6'4", uh, 245, three-star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Javante Howard, defensive back from Kilgore, Texas, 5'11", 185. He's a three-star as well. I think he was originally going to go to Kansas State. Brom said both those guys should have a chance to start. So mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. exciting. Bryce Austin, uh, defensive tackle from Southfield, Michigan. Purdue did a great job going up to the Mitten State and getting uh, – or the Mitten, I guess, and getting a lot of uh, recruits from this. <coughs> 285, three-star, defensive tackle. So uh, he might be able to play right away. And then uh, Brom really talked highly of the four offensive line commits they got. Nalen Fox from Pontiac, Michigan, 6'5", 267, three-star. Um, you have uh, Gus Hartwig from Zionsville, Indiana, 6'5", 290, three-star. Uh, Jerry DiNardo was raving about him on the Big Ten Network yesterday. He said he has footwork like a ballerina. Because he moves so well for a guy that's listed at 290. He thought he, maybe – Denardo thought a three-star was a low rating for him. He's he's going to the All-American game. Uh-huh. David Bell and Rondell Moore and George Karloftis and – Bilodeau. Yeah, he was there, yeah. So he's in good company for recent Purdue recruits. Before Brown, I don't remember Purdue having really anyone. 
in a no, way. You know? <laughs> oh, and then they also got uh, Jared uh, Bazinski, offensive lineman from uh, Berea, Ohio, 6'4", 285, three-star, and Josh uh, Kaltenberger from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 6'4", 285, three-star. Some some bigger boys there, and they're all mm-hmm. three-star, four mm-hmm. three-star linemen. I'm, I'm pretty pleased by that. Yep. Mm-hmm. So and, and I don't think they're done yet. I think they're going to look at the junior college ranks Absolutely. for more help yeah. in, in some positions. Yeah, and then, I, think, I think these guys will be – they will they'll have some time, I think, hopefully, to not have to play in the next couple of years. And I could see maybe Hartwig getting here. a chance to play yeah. right away. I know it's tough for a true freshman to come in and play the offensive line, but he's an interior lineman, and Purdue has a need there. So they just, I think center. I think there's a chance where he might be able to, to yeah. play right away. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't know the health status of Victor Beach going into yeah. next year. Mm-hmm. So. Then the other commitments, Purdue got uh, uh, uh Jenkins, linebacker from uh, Louisville, Georgia, 6'2", 223 star. Sanasi Kang, defensive back from Blair, Blairstown, New Jersey, 6'190", pound, three star. Clyde Washington, linebacker from Medford, New Jersey, 6'3", 212 pound, three star. Antonio Stevens, defensive back from Franklin, Tennessee, 6'2", 185-pound, three-star. Uh, Michael Alamo, quarterback from Montville, New Jersey, 6'4", 208-pound, four-star. Tyreek Murphy, running back from Middle Middle Village, New York, 6'2", 220-pound, three-star running back. And then Ben Kroll, linebacker from um, Wisconsin, 6'3", 218, three-star. And Greg Hudgens. Defensive end from Washington, D.C., 6'4", 226-pound, four-star. And Ryan Brandt, linebacker from Angola, Indiana, 6'1", 205-pound, three-star. It sounds like he might blue shirt. Yes. Mm-hmm. Correct. Just like uh, Purdue had two guys do this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, pretty pleased with this class overall. It's ranked anywhere on the four ranking sites from about 24th in the nation to about 29th to 30th. So uh, – yeah, I mean it's 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 incredible what Brom and his staff are doing compared to uh, Hazel and Hope. Yeah, and, we're, and we know he's not done. So, nope. Uh, I think mm-hmm. they'll still look for help at the linebacker position on the JUCO yep. ranks and grad transfers, uh, offensive line, maybe even defensive line. And it still wouldn't shock me if they try to get a veteran quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, or freshman. I don't know what's going to happen there. Or or Malik Hornsby from Texas, mm-hmm. dual threat four. Our quarterback that's going to announce at the Army All-American game. A lot of speculation is he's going to choose Purdue or Baylor. So we'll see that. Do you, I, uh, do you think he has signed already a la David Bell or Rondell Moore, who may not announce until January, but I believe they had either silently committed or even signed. In I know Bell definitely signed because like as, yeah. yeah, right. as soon as Bell announced, because usually when the team announced it, that means that they're signed. Mm-hmm. They announced pretty quickly after Bell announced that he was – so I, think, I don't think I don't think Moore had signed. I don't think he had just he had. committed. I don't remember. Yeah. I knew it was they had known for. I mean, obviously, yeah. was confident, but they had known for a while on him. Yeah, that's a good question, Andrew. It wouldn't shock me. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe Purdue already knows quarterback situation. I mean, TCU's got a kid out there. Um, who else to see? I saw Colorado State had a kid open up today. Stanford's QB uh, transferring. Yep. I think uh, he's uh, a grad transfer. Arizona mm-hmm. State I think has one. Some mm-hmm. are grad transfers. Some are actual transfers. I don't know. I, I don't know because grad transfers probably not going to come to Purdue because they're going to want playing time guaranteed to them. And with Plummer and O'Connell, I don't see that being guaranteed. Mm-hmm. To so. Yeah. 
Jeff Brom was asked about his quarterback situation going into the spring. He said, we'll play who's ready and who can play. So, <coughs> Yeah, I, I'm pretty comfortable with Palmer and O'Connell. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind another veteran just as competition, depth. I mean, he comes in and plays well and somebody's talented. I mean, uh, then that's great. But if not, and we, and if it's Hornsby, that'd be, I mean, awesome. I mean, he's a four-star dual threat athlete coming from Texas who's really highly ranked. Uh, but as we were talking about before we started, the 2021 recruiting class is pretty loaded in Indiana. And there's one particular quarterback from Indianapolis that I like. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. that would be great so and the reason we bring up the quarterbacks and maybe the potential of going to get a veteran is it's official that uh elijah sindelar is not coming back for the sixth year he's already started his job as an engineer at Fiat chrysler i listened to a really good interview with him this morning with jared just elias just elitis and uh, kyle charters on 1017 the hammer on their morning drive show which airs monday through friday from 6 a.m to 8 a.m um yeah, they interviewed him for about 12 minutes. A uh, really good interview. <laughs> I am convinced after hearing that interview that even if he would have broke his collarbone but not suffered the concussion, that he would be back at Purdue next year. Hmm. He talked about how much that concussion scared him. Yeah. And he said that being an engineer, he needed to use his head, he needs to use his head and brain. He said he could not go to class for about two weeks. He said he had to wear sunglasses inside. He couldn't watch TV or look at his phone without his head. That Jeez. tells you what some of these guys go through with concussions. And he said he he said he felt lucky though because it could have been worse. He said some guys could get even worse concussions. Some guys never recover from it. But he said that just really woke him up. And then right after the collarbone, mm. he said, "This my body's just too beat up. I'm yeah. I'm ready for life after football." But uh, definitely one of my favorite Boilermakers. One I would have loved to seen healthy because I think he was a special special talent. Mr. Football, foot, Mr. Football in Kentucky, hell of an arm. His mm-hmm. arm. <clears throat> and then when, yeah, when Brom came, it was, seemed like a match made in heaven with Cinderella having all the Kentucky records and Brom coming from Kentucky. And it's just all right. He's just, he's just have, have the wide receiver just start running and Cinderella's. Yep. Because uh, he said his plan was to have a good year and entered the NFL draft. And he said he was ready to take that sixth year if he didn't perform to where he thought, or if he got an injury, but he said the concussion just kind of woke him up. And then the call was, was it. So sucks. The concussion came most likely on a play that really wasn't all that necessary. It wasn't. Yep. Uh, third and long <laughs> when the game you're up by what, 18 or 20 at yeah. the time. And, and yeah. a QB run and he got hit yep. both sides of the helmet. So, <clears throat> Yeah, because that, that hurt us in the TCU game without him, too. Yep. Um, so, uh, so hats off to number two, uh, the captain. Uh, wish him the best in his next stage of life. Uh, just, um, man, I'm ready for uh, Purdue to go through a season with a healthy quarterback. It's been a long time. Elijah Sindler, a question here. Where does uh, where does there's his, uh, what was it, the last like three games plus the bowl game down in Florida? When, where does that rank, I guess, on your. Uh, Purdue fandom with his with what he did with the, the team and then to take them back in that bowl game with a torn ACL to mm-hmm. get them to the bowl, win the bowl game, Brown's first year. To win at Kinnick, to get the bucket back, yeah. to go get bowl eligible, and then to beat Arizona, even though we were smacking them, they came back, got the lead, but then the win direct. Yeah. I'd oh. say that's the top five uh, Purdue f- uh, football moment for me in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Watching watching that bowl game, I think we had, yeah we were traveling for a wedding. We got home for like the second half, and uh, he was just that was just incredible. And then it comes out yeah a day later, and he's always had a torn ACL. They revealed it after the game, and yeah, I mean, yeah, he was the headline of Sports Center that night. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. thinking, my God, our future is bright. We got ourselves a quarterback the next two yeah. years, and I just couldn't stay healthy. It's no. really, and he said yeah. that yeah. was his the most fun. A point of his career was those three games, but he said he would not go back and do it again because his knee was in so much mm. pain after every game because he was playing on mm. Thorny Hill. Yeah. That kid yeah. was a warrior. I mean, he gave his body for Purdue. Mm-hmm. So. Mm. Kudos to him. Yep. So. Yeah. Any other uh, thoughts on the, on the recruiting class? Anybody you're really anxious to see next year? I'm just trying to figure out how we're gonna fill these receivers <laughs> onto the field. I know it's, it's it's you know a lot of Purdue fans. But when I was texting with some other guys this week that are Purdue fans, they're like, "Why do we keep getting wide receivers? We don't need any." I'm like, "True, but if a good one wants to come, you don't turn them down. And if this year proved anything, you can't have enough." Yep. Because for, for some reason, the practice field likes to grab our players and hurt them more than the game field does. So. Yeah. And plus, competition is good, and and I think it what I what it makes me comfortable with or conf- more confident is that uh, that Brom and his staff are legitimately like connecting with the players and legitimately good recruits. It's not just oh, it's a good system and they're terrible, so I've got a good opportunity to come and play. No, he's he's got four very highly ranked. I mean, two of them are four stars. One was. Sullivan was a four star, and then he got bumped slightly down to five. And to be honest, if you're a three star in Texas, you're a four star in every other state in America. Yep. He, I believe he was a four star when he committed. Yeah. Rivals, he got bumped down slightly. I think, and that was they said like, "Well, who cares?" But uh, for have to have four guys highly ranked, highly recruited guys come in, knowing that you've got Rondell Moore, Big Ten freshman. David Bell just let I mean all of this coming in with a lot of competition and it's they don't care. I mean they want to come because they like Jeff Brown, they like the staff, and I think it's more of I guess the, the it's more on their good recruiting than early opportunity like it may have been the first couple years. I'm honestly probably most excited to see uh, Tyreek Murphy, just to kind of see what I mean, you think he's the highest rated running back to ever Come to Purdue from the rankings. Obviously, rankings don't always mean something when you get to college, but I mean, I'll tell you, we've seen some good running backs at Purdue, and if he can live up to the hype, then he'll be something special. Add him with a stable with a second year King Doru, uh, Horvath. Yep. Keep mm-hmm. the momentum going from Indiana. Hewitt, even if I don't know how many mm-hmm. carries he'll see, but yeah, Purdue should have a solid um, stable. Oh, well, Hopefully the offensive line keeps developing. I mean, they kind of they improved as the season went on, but yeah. Uh, yeah, we've been covering football, but we got a question from Twitter here from uh, P Dunn one one three four. I keep losing connection, but what are your early predictions for the crossroads? We never did give a prediction. That is we good. didn't. Yeah. Basketball will be played. <laughs> That's my prediction. I'm- I'm going to abstain. <laughs> I want to hear what, what you guys have Let's to say. Though. Well, are we talking about like the full crossroads? Or are we talking just the game that actually matters? Let's just the varsity game, the game that matters. <laughs> game play. Um, you know what? I hate this event. Of... <laughs> my, my hatred of this event, for some reason, is telling me Purdue's going to win this thing on yeah. Saturday. 74 to 70. Oh, man. 
And I'm going to be pacing the floor because it's going to come down to free throws. <sighs> I will I will say this. There's no way both teams score 70. Thanks. Thanks for just <laughs> crapping on my prediction, Andrew. You're welcome. That's why um, I'm listening. Yeah, but you're right. I, yeah, it's going to be, it's gonna be low scoring. I mean, Butler is pretty good. Rich Miller okay. time. Okay. Um, just because Purdue's had a week of game, well, two games already, and Butler's coming off of finals, I think Purdue gets off to a better start. I think Purdue gets up 15. Butler brings it back, but then if not ties it, you know, really gets my heart rate going. Uh, pretty win 65 63 on a missed Butler shot at the buzzer just to really <laughs> give me a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, if Purdue wins this game. That's the third ranked team they've beat already. Yeah, I know how frustrated we all are kind of with how yeah. this game's been going so far, but that's that would be a pretty good accomplishment. Yeah, on a neutral side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and Andrew's out for the prediction, which yeah. is fine, but but since, um, yeah. since this is, is the last uh breakdown of 2019. Why don't we uh, predict the Big Ten bowl games real quick? All right. Um, so we can do that. The Big Ten's got quite a few. Starting with the Pinstripe Bowl, six and six Michigan State against eight and four Wake Forest. Wake or uh, Michigan State's a three and a half point favorite. Man, I think Michigan State had a really crappy recruiting class this year too. Oh, they were, it was terrible. It was twelfth yeah. in the conference. For them, that's nice. And what did D'Antonio say in his press conference? He don't mean anything. Yeah. Well, dude, I, like, if he comes back, which it looks like, I think next year's his last year. That dude looks like he's not having fun. <laughs> Their mojo is kind of gone. He never looks like he was having fun. Yeah, I know. He never. Uh, give me Michigan State. I don't know. I feel yeah. like the defense is good enough. Big Ten's won four of the last five pinstripe bowls. I'll take Michigan State too. I don't know. No, I'm gonna go Wake Forest. All right, be that guy. Yeah. Uh, you got the Holiday Bowl, number 22-ranked USC against number 16-ranked Iowa. Iowa's a two-point favorite. I'm going to go Iowa. Iowa covers. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to take USC. I'll be that guy on this one. I think, <laughs> you know, Clay Helton's coming back. Um, I just think I think they have a little more talent than Iowa, but Iowa's a really, coach, good, a really well-coached mm-hmm. team. I don't know if Epineza's playing in the bowl game or not. I haven't heard. Uh, oh, he's got to take well, now I want to change my pick. I, I have no idea. Maybe he is. I just haven't seen anything. So I uh, got the Cotton Bowl, number 17th ranked Memphis, who Purdue plays next year, and 10th ranked Penn State. Penn State's a seven-point favorite. Memphis uh, interim coach that is now their new coach, okay. Silverfield, is coaching the game. Norvell okay. and the defense coordinator left to go to Florida State. Has there been any big Penn State players say they're not playing in this game? Not that I've seen, but yeah, if that's the case, I think Penn State rolls in this game. I think Same. it's similar to Florida against Cincinnati in Tim Tebow's last game when Brian Kelly left to go to Notre Dame. Tony Pike led an undefeated Cincinnati team in the Sugar Bowl, and Florida just wiped the floor with them. Yeah. So uh, the Fiesta Bowl, uh, number three, Clemson. Number two, Ohio State. Clemson's a two-point favorite. Man. I've gone back and forth on this one so many times. Tough one. I mean, it's Ohio State. I know Clemson's really ah, – yeah, Trevor Lawrence is playing much better. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll break the ice. Even though I've been praising Ohio State all year on here, I think Clemson beats them. I think Lawrence – you know, a lot of people aren't talking about him. I think he comes out and says, hey, world, I'm still pretty darn good. 
So, yeah, he struggled start the season, but yeah, he kind of turned it on. Yeah, I want Ohio, I'm going to pick Ohio State just so I can see Joe Burrow just destroy Ohio State in the national championship. <laughs> That'd be a cool storyline. Yeah. Uh, the Red Box Bowl. You got uh, uh, six and six Illinois against seven and five California. California is a seven point favorite. Surprised they're a seven point favorite. Yeah, I know nothing about Cal. Favorite. They are a outlier when it comes to the Pac-12. They don't score a lot of points. I think it's going to be a bit, depending on if Illinois can force turnovers. If Illinois can't force turnovers, yeah. If they can't force turnovers, I think they're getting their doors blown off. But you know, I'm gonna pick Illinois in the upset. I think I think they're going to be fired up for this one. I, I agree 100. I like Illinois because I think they want to be there more. I don't know. I mean, Cal hasn't been there in a bowl in a little while, but yeah, I like. I, like, I think this is big for Illinois. It's big for their program. First bowl game they've been to since 2014. So picking picking the lineup. I'm, I'm going Cal. Interesting matchup here, Citrus Bowl. This is a game literally a lot of guys I think are sitting out. Yeah. Number 14, Michigan against number 13, Alabama. Alabama's a seven-point favorite. Last time these two teams played in a bowl game, Tom Brady threw for like four touchdowns and 350 yards back in like 2000. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to say Alabama. I don't know what the spread is, but Alabama covers. Seven. It's seven. seven. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, how many players are not playing in this game? I know Judy, I don't think it matters. Judy's playing for Alabama, but uh, I I don't know. Um, I think a lot of guys are probably sitting down on both sides. I think Alabama wins. I'm I'm say they don't cover though. I think Alabama wins by I'll say they covered. They win by about ten. This would be huge for Harbaugh. He'd finally yeah. could say he beat Saban. He beat a big time program. But and that's Alabama, why I want Alabama to dominate. I mean. You know, Michigan, yeah, nine wins. That's probably the season a lot of their fans kind of thought they would have. Alabama, this is disappointing. You're not even in a near six bowl. Mm-hmm. I, I'm shocked. I mean, I, I knew they weren't in the playoff, and that's all I care. That's all I really knew. But I'm, when was the last time Alabama wasn't in, like, the top five, like, let alone the top ten? Five years since they weren't in the top five. Exactly. And then top ten? Like, has it been, like, uh, since before Saban? Like, <laughs> Saban's first year they weren't very good, but I don't know. Yeah. About that. <clears throat> I just – yeah, top five. Season the out- 13 looks very strange. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Got the Outback Bowl, number 18, Minnesota. Good year for them, 10 and 2 against number 12, Auburn, who's 9 and 3. Auburn is a seven and a half point favorite. I would love I hope Auburn, Auburn covers and that score, yeah. that, that cover or that uh, line is multiplied by 10. Yeah, I would love to see Auburn repeat performance of the year's bowl game. Yep, yep. Go Auburn all the way. <laughs> all the way. More damn eagle. Keep sinking that boat. Um, Rose Bowl, granddaddy, granddaddy of them all, as it's known. Number eight, Wisconsin, who are the West champs, 10-3 and three against Pac-12 champion, 11-2, and two, number sixth-ranked Oregon. And Wisconsin's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Is Jonathan Taylor playing this game? Do we know? Yeah. He I is. believe he is. Good for him. <laughs> Um, man, I'm going Oregon. I'm going Wisconsin. I'm going Wisconsin. Andrew in Oregon. <laughs> I think their defense is. I mean, yeah, I think their defense is gonna be enough. And then Jonathan Taylor's just ridiculous. I'm ready to see different teams in a Rose Bowl. These teams are always Rose Bowl. Same. Uh, and then we got the Gator Bowl on January 2nd. Uh, you got 
Seven to five Tennessee against eight and four Indiana. Tennessee is a one and a half point favorite. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Go big orange, Fall Nation, baby. Yeah, gross. <laughs> now I'm taking I'm taking Tennessee. I'm hoping they're yeah. too fast and athletic. And the Music City Bowl happens down to Gator Bowl. Yeah. From last year. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then one more game outside the Big Ten. Uh, Iowa State and number 15 Notre Dame in the Camping World Bowl. Notre Dame's only a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I thought this would be at least seven points. Yeah. Really surprised by that. I think Notre Dame wins pretty handily. Yeah. I do, too. And then let's go with the uh, Peach Bowl, number four, Oklahoma, number one, LSU. LSU is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. Man, I was really hoping Hurts did not have to play LSU. I really want to see a Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow national championship, but I think LSU. You is just said you want to see Joe Burrow because of the snare that's played out right now. If it wasn't for that, I'd he has been saying on the podcast all year he wanted Hurts. <laughs> yes. I want Hurts to be Alabama, yeah, but yeah. Alabama. Yeah, they, yeah, um, they blew that. Yeah, I think LSU blows their doors off. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I, I think LSU wins. I don't. I think it's a little closer. I think LSU wins. Yeah, really. I, I just think Oklahoma's—they've played with fire too much this year. They've gotten lucky. Um, they've led some great comebacks, but I don't think they're going to be able to score yep. with uh, LSU. Then I got LSU. I got LSU over Clemson in the championship. Yeah, LSU over Ohio State. LSU over Ohio State. Yeah, we all agree on LSU. So yep. uh, we're about to wrap this thing up here in a few minutes. But I want to get your guys guys's opinions since it is. The last Boiler Breakdown, as I've stated like 500 times, of 2019, but we will be back early in 2020, the new episode. Favorite and least favorite Purdue sports memories from 2019? Can they be the exact same game? <laughs> yeah, or you can use yeah. two favorite memories, two least favorite memories. Oh, man. Two, damn, all right. I don't have that many favorites. It's been a kind of a, oh, wait, hold on, 2019 <laughs> goes back to – Including 2018-2019 basketball season, correct? I mean, 2019 for basketball was pretty cool. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. I was thinking no, – like January 1st, 2019. Yes, to, okay. All right, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> I was thinking like 2019 football season and like the basketball season. No, 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 no. no that would um, be awesome. Yeah. One of my two favorite memories would be beating Ohio State. Nope, that was 2018. Dang it. Dang it. There's no good football memories this year. It's, it no, was there's not. There's not. Uh, I mean, to having a walk-on quarterback being having the ball snapped to him by a walk-on center <laughs> back weeks leave first quarter game-winning drive was kind that of was cool. Yeah, it was cool. But yeah. the Nebraska game was fun. Yeah, Frost can suck it. Um, let me see here. Well, I, I will start off. My uh, favorite moment of 2019 was the Sweet 16 game. Yeah, that's mine. And my other favorite, oh, man. Was the Michigan State game, was that game in 2018 or was that 2019? When we played Michigan State at Mackey. That was this past year. We lost to them up there in 2018 and then beat them at home. Okay, I can't can't remember if that game was played before the new year or not, the game at Mackey. Nope, that was well, we, played, we, we played Maryland. Uh, yep. we, played, we played Maryland. Yeah. And sweeping Indiana in, in basketball, my second favorite. Yeah. Arms tipping. Cool. I, get arms at them. <laughs> I think beating them at Mackey was cool just because that was before they kind of went downhill and 
we got to see Romeo put up a solid four points. That That's was right. really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, least favorite, obviously. I mean, don't my least favorite lead eight. I don't, I don't even care <laughs> what, what happened up to those final seconds. The final seconds ruined that thing in overtime. <laughs> Yeah, but sucks. it was so much fun. Klein and Carson just going Honestly, I can honestly say I was not enjoying I mean, it was hard to enjoy the game while being there just because it was so back and forth. It was like, yeah. man, okay, we scored. I the whole game. <laughs> See, I was tired. We're up one. Okay, get back on defense. Like, yep. they're going to – here comes Kyle Watch. Guy hitting yep. another three yep. in the second half. Like, it was – I wish – I want to go back and watch it just so I can appreciate Don't the performance. Do it. <laughs> Like, Watching like, on TV, I was kind of more – I was more of like, even if Purdue was down, it's all right, Klein's going to hit like an NBA range fadeaway here on the way yeah. back. So I, I had more fun in a game like when we played Michigan and Mackey a couple years ago where we just – it was just the highest scoring game I think I've ever seen in my life. Like that was really fun. But <laughs> just because of the stakes this game was at – like I I was at the, the mall today and I saw there was a picture in one of those like kiosks in the middle and one of them was actually a, a picture of Carson shooting a shot and it was against Virginia and I was like, man, I need to go back and watch this to appreciate what we witnessed. And But it's like, man, that also sucked so hard. I don't hard. think I'll ever do it. Maybe if Purdue wins NAF championship something. <laughs> I, I, man, I think about that game on a weekly basis, almost, day, almost daily basis, I'll admit it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> free throw from Grady Eifert's rebound to everything regulation. Overtime, my mind is a little spotty. To be honest, I don't remember overtime. I remember the feeling when when Grady grabbed that rebound. Oh, then, yeah, I'll never forget that feeling. Yeah, and then uh, it just the as soon as Diakite shot that shot, I just excited. I was opposite of the arena, but I was right in line with the basket. I was like, oh my god, that's it. I thought he short armed it from my angle. Nope, it, it looked, it looked, the other yeah. side. Tanner, did you say you think about that daily? Almost daily. Yes, I have no life. Yes, I am. I yes. When we live in this damn state that we live in, that a bunch of hicks talk about my banners that have dust on them, that a lot of our friends weren't even around for, and the Golden Domers talk about the 1980s. Yeah, I think about it all the time. Well, you, you just need some new friends, Tanner. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> And my other least favorite moment was the Minnesota play where Sinalar and Moore went down. Same oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's – That I've, was my other least favorite moment of – Yeah, that one and losing the bucket this year and having – It's a combination of – Nevada sucked. Injuries. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm kind of over that one. It was more so just the fact that yeah, Purdue had so many chances and then it comes with IU now having like historically like – their best season like ever. Yep. Pretty much. 2019 yeah. and in now for Purdue Sports soon. <laughs> Gladly. Yeah. Hit the reset button 2020. Yep. Hire a defense coordinator, please. Soon. Yeah. Soon. So any other closing thoughts? Just win in Indy. That's all I care about. Yeah, pretty pretty well put. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Let's say win in Indianapolis and then beat Central Michigan. Yes, yeah, you don't want to see that. Our next episode, we'll have played them too. Yeah, that's Big Ten season, which is drunk right now. We start off with Minnesota, then it gets stupid hard. Oh, I I, I forgot about how hard that schedule was. I showed on TV the other day. I was like, oh my God, that is a murderer's row. I'm upset that Northwestern couldn't take care of business. They almost did. They played. 
But and to make everybody in the conference one and one, that would have been incredible. It would have been awesome. It's like, yep, start fresh. January, let's go. College basketball is weird this year. Oh, wow. There's no dominant team. It's gonna be fun. Hopefully, yeah. Until the big boys come to play in March, and then uh, yeah, yeah, never know. Yep. So, well, guys, it's been fun so far doing the breakdown with you in 2019, and big things to come in 2020. Yes, sir. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to all Boilermaker Nation out there and everybody that listens and watches the Boiler Breakdown. We appreciate each and every one of you. So, with that said, we'll see you in 2020. Boiler up and hammer down. Boiler up.